in the book of Acts chapter 4. I want to read just quickly a passage of scripture and then we shall be on our way rejoicing. On the morrow, verse 5, the rulers and elders and scribes were gathered together in Jerusalem with Annas the high priest and Caiaphas and John and Alexander and all who were of the high priestly family. And when they had set them in the midst, they inquired, by what power or by what name do you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of Jerusalem, rulers of the people and elders, if, you be, if we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a cripple, by what means this man has been healed, be it known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. This is the stone which was rejected by you builders, but which has become the head of the corner. And there is salvation in no, other, no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men and women by which we must be saved, but by the name of Jesus. Now, when they saw the boldness, somebody said boldness. When they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and common men, they wondered and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. Verse 14. But seeing the man that had been healed standing beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition. But when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred with one another, saying, What shall we do to these men? For that a notable sign has been performed through them is manifest to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And we cannot deny it. But in order that it may spread no further among the people, let us warn them to speak no more to anyone in this name. Thus far, the scripture. Amen. For the time that has been uh, assigned for preaching today, I want to preach from that sentence. Amen. It says to them, but when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred with one another, saying, What shall we do with these men? Bless the name of God. Rashawn, just give me a little bit of base on this one. There you go. Bless your name. What shall they do about us? What shall they do about you? Or what shall they do about us? Bless the name of God. They conferred together. Asking what shall they do with these men? What are we going to do with these men? What a question to be asked, Jason, of two apostles of Jesus Christ. Most importantly, what a question can be asked of us as a church. Specifically, what question can be asked of you as a disciple of Jesus Christ? They raise the question, what shall we do about these two men? A question raised in the aftermath of a miraculous deed done to a man who had been born lame. And had now been healed in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Listen to me for a few minutes. I'll be done. A question raised 
not in an attempt to help the two apostles increase their ministry to help lift more lame people from the bottom to the top, but rather to present obstacles in the way of the two apostles. I want you to hear me today. The question is being raised not to help the apostles heal more lame people, but the question is being raised, what kind of obstacles can we stick in the way of these two apostles who had just healed a man who had been born lame? It's a question raised not by unchurched, uneducated, not non-influential people, but it is a question that was raised by the organized church. Come on. The, the Sanhedrin council, the people who made uh, policies for how folk did church. Amen. A church in collusion with the empire. The keepers of the status quo for churchgoers. This is the group that is raising the question, what shall we do about these men? This question was raised by the Sanhedrin Council, the religious body, hell-bent on keeping people from following the real Jesus while enjoying the benefits and the comforts of state government. In other words, you can't trust this church, the, the Sanhedrin Council, because the Sanhedrin Council were working for the Romans. Come on, y'all. And whenever you have a religious body whose, has, whose, whose, whose hands are in the pockets of the empire, you have a body that you can't trust. Come on, y'all. But here's the point. Whenever you build a reputation of lifting people from the bottom up, listen to me today. I'll be short. I'm do it quickly. But whenever you build a reputation of lifting people from the bottom to the top, from being liabilities to being assets. From living beneath your potential to living with unlimited potential. From being demon possessed to being demon free. From being diseased to being healed. Whenever you do that kind of work and ministry, the enemies of your soul will take notice of you and come after you. In other words, whenever you decide to make your life more productive, more beautiful, whenever you decide that you are going to be a blessing and not a burden, whenever you decide that you are not going to be limited by folks and their labels, but that you are going to lift the labels off your own life and help to lift the labels off the lives of others, enemies of your soul will take notice of you and come after you. That's where I want to park for today. Because I believe that that is where the issue of needing boldness and courage rises to the top. That whenever you decide that you are going to do something with your life, come on y'all, whenever you decide you want more out of life, whenever you decide I'm going to do better, I'm going to strive for more, I am going to become more positive, I'm going to become more productive, I'm going to prosper more, I'm going to have more, I'm going to be healthier. The moment you decide that you are going to be more and do more for yourself, and for others, that is when the enemies of your soul begin to confer among themselves and raise the question, what are we going to do with this one here? 
Come on, y'all. Peter and John are living as men who got another chance to get this being with Jesus thing right. The first time they fizzled out before they finished the service of the Lord. The cross frightened them into abandoning Jesus. They went AWOL on Jesus. But after the Holy Ghost filled their lives. Come on, my God. Ah, these uneducated men, these common men, these fishermen, these men who did not have any religious pedigree, did not know anything about, you know, the Old Testament Torah. They were ordinary men, and they messed up. Come on, y'all. Somebody say they messed up. Uh, uh, they did not follow Jesus all the way to the cross and beyond. But here they are now in the aftermath of the resurrection. And having been filled with the Holy Spirit, they decided, come on, my God. I am going to get this being with Jesus thing right. Is there anybody in here who this is not your first rodeo following Jesus? Come on, my God. You tried this thing before. But you fizzled out before you finished. Come on. Somebody got on your nerves. Somebody started talking about you. Somebody disappointed you. And you decided I'm done with church. Oh, but when God has his hand on your life, you can run, but you can't hide. Come on, my God. I don't care how far you run. God's going to catch up with you. God brought these two men back and here they are now standing before the organized church. Standing for a church that ain't got no integrity. Come on, my God. Standing before the Sanhedrin council and having to be bold about what they had just experienced with God. Come on. What did they just experience with God? They went to church one day. And there was a man who had been lame, laying around begging. And they saw for the man more than what the man saw for himself. Come on, my God. The man saw his life. Come on. Just, uh, you know, set. And he was going to beg for the rest of his life. But these two men stopped by church one day. And they saw a man lame from birth. And the man asked them, say, hey. Give me a little something, something. Give me a little change to make my life a little bit easier. Peter and John looked at the man, said unto him, look here, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give unto thee in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Rise and walk. And the Bible says that the lame man started leaping for joy. A man who had started at the bottom all of a sudden, Ah, became one of the top. In other words, there was a divine reversal in his life because he encountered two men, come on, who was trying to get this thing with Jesus right. Silver and gold. Have I none? But such as I have, I give unto thee. Come on, y'all. Being fearful in the face of danger, that's a natural response. But courage or boldness rises in the face of fear. In other words, when you get scared, you ought to reach for the courage of God. That's why we've been singing that song. You are my strength. Come on. In the face of my weakness, you are my strength. 
in the face of my sorrow. When my sorrow grips my soul, you got to know where your courage comes from. Oh, every child of God ought to build a character trait of being bold in the face, oh my God, of fear. When you start feeling them butterflies in your stomach, you ought to be able to take a deep breath and reach for that which makes you strong. Ooh. The Bible says it, not Pastor Edda. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but one of love, of power, and a sound mind. As a child of God, I don't know about you, but I'll be ready to go see my maker when there is no more thing or person or system that I am afraid of. Come on y'all. I'll be ready to rest in peace when there is no fear left for me to overcome because as a child of God I believe I have power, my God to overcome anything that comes in my way for no weapon that's formed against me as a child of God shall prosper. Come on y'all. When my mother and father forsake me the bible says and the lord shall lift me up Peter and John demonstrated character on the issue of being bold having a reputation for being bold for Jesus is one thing but reputation is about optics. You know, the young folks say reputation is about optics. It's how it look in their right family. Uh, reputation is about how things look. It looks good for a couple to come to church holding hands. Isn't that right? It looks good. Neighbors see you all going to church. Come on. It looks good. You come to church on a Sunday morning smiling, looking good, smelling good. That's good optics. Amen. Uh, you're bold enough to come up in a Christian church. And you're bold enough to go to an open and affirming church at that. That's good optics. Come on, my God. Uh, but, but reputation uh, is not the same as character. Uh, because character is about being. Come on, my God. Uh, reputation is about optics, how it looks. But character is about being. Come on, y'all. Uh, if character is the tree, uh, Abraham Lincoln said, character is the tree. Reputation is your shadow. Come on, my God. In other words, you ought to make sure that your character is what shapes your reputation. And what Peter and John had in the face of fear is character. Come on, I, I wish more folk would have character. Because if people had character, then they would not, oh my God, they would not depend on charisma. <laughs> Uh, when, 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 you, when you got charisma, you look good. You talk good. You sound good. That, that's charisma. You know how to say it. Come on, you know how to lay it. You know how to do all of that. That's reputation. But, but when you have character, oh my God. Oh, your integrity is not for sale. When you got character, is what you do when your life is on the line. 
Here, Peter and John standing in front of the organized church. And they're like, hey, hey, you want us to deny that we raised this man in the name of Jesus. He says, but you don't understand that, that we are uneducated. Come on, y'all. And we are common men. In other words, we ain't a whole lot outside of what we just experienced with this man. That's the problem with us today. We think that we are so much, oh my God, without God in our lives. But oh, Peter and John, I preach my own self happy today. Peter and John say, hey, we are uneducated. We are common men. We ain't got no degrees. But such as we have, we are going to be bold for Jesus. Trying not to preach too long. Uh, this thing been in my spirit. Why should you care if people meet to talk about you as a child of God? Why? Here's the question. Is anybody meeting to talk about you as a child of God? In other words, have you done anything lately? As a child of God, you have a reputation of going to church. Oh, but do you have the character of changing lives? Are you committed to changing lives? Come on, y'all. See, if people are not meaning to talk about you, your life may just be inconsequential to the kingdom of God. Come on, when y'all go to the family meetings and the family reunions, somebody ought to be saying something about you. Uh, somebody ought to be talking. Some, some yap, yap, yap ought to be going on about you as a child of God because whenever you have a divine assignment from God, especially when that assignment is about lifting people who started from the bottom and need to be lifted to the top. Oh, God help us today uh, you're, you're something 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 mama dot they ought to be saying something about the way you're living now <sighs> look look if you aren't changing anything in your atmosphere if you're not moving the needle in the kingdom of God oh come on come on <laughs> If, if, if you ain't doing something in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, you ought to be doing something in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth so, so that somebody could be talking about you. Come on. And look at you now. Come on, man. You weren't always as bold as you are, but now you got courage to do this thing. Come on, somebody. Somebody ought to be talking about you. Do you hear the way she talks about God now? It's different from the way she used to talk about God at the last family reunion. Look at him now. His head is lifted up. His, oh my God. His shoulders are squared because he ain't scared no more. Oh, somebody ought to be talking about you. Oh, somebody ought to be talking about how you boldly put your seed in the ground and you boldly expect the harvest and you boldly declare my help comes from the Lord. Some trust in horses and some trust in chariots, but we trust 
in the name of our God. Sometimes you all don't know the cost of loving y'all as a church family. Because the preachers talk about us. Did not tell you to organize church? Uh-huh. Talk about the church that does work that looks like Jesus. Come on. I don't want you to hear me today. You, 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 got, you got a pastor who said, you, you can get disinvited. Uh, you can get cut out of certain circles because of what you believe about Jesus Christ. Oh, you, 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 you can get cut out of being invited to certain uh, preacher circles because you don't play that numbers game, that, that pulpit exchange thing. You come to me, I come to you. I give you a thousand, you give me two thousand. You crazy if you think I'm going to pimp the people of God like that. People talk about you. You got all the women in that church. And you got women preaching. And, and why couldn't you find a man to be the first one uh, to ordain into ministry? Why, why did you have to do that thing with that Vivian Crutcher? She ain't no man. She don't pull no pants up like a man. They're like, come on, y'all. Oh, he treat women like they are people and not property. Brooke, that's, that's what we believe, that women are to be treated as though they are people and not property. Why not property? Because you can name property. Come on. You can, oh, my God, use property. You can abuse property. You can grab property. You can lie on property. You can get property drunk and then take advantage of property. But when you treat women like people, my God, that means I can't deceive you from my own sexual gratification. I got to lift you up. Got all them. Gay people at your church. Uh-huh. Uh, them people. Them people. Them people. Them people who love God. Them people who ain't confused about their being. Them people who serve God. Them people who pay tithes. And people who run ministries. Uh, them people. Come on, y'all. Them, them people, you know. Like if there's something wrong about them people. Simply because them people, come on, uh, manifest their sexuality. Different from the way mainstream America uh, expresses theirs. Come on, y'all. Uh, them people, I'll die for them people. Them, them people, oh my God, I'll lift the labels off them people. Them people are children of God. Born in the image of God. Raised in the likeness of God. Them people are my people. 
Them people. Ooh. Here's a question. I'm going to stop before I go to the lawn. What are you doing to move the needle in your life? Maybe you didn't get it right the first time. You jump ship. When you expected to show up at the cross, you got scared and you ran. God made provisions for you. The ministry of the Holy Spirit. God will give you boldness and courage to get this walking with Jesus thing right the second time. The question is, are you willing to be on display? You got the lame man, he ain't saying nothing. He's just standing there, changed. He just like, hey, I could move. Ain't nobody got to move me. I can go wherever I want to go. Ain't nobody got to take me there. He's just standing around. He's like, I ain't got no shame in my game no more. I can go to church on my own now. He just standing there boldly. Then you got the two apostles, Peter and John. They messed up the first time around with this Jesus thing. But now they got the Holy Ghost. They don't want to be ashamed of him anymore. They want to stand with him. They're like, look here, we ain't scared of y'all. You can't be scared. That's what's wrong with the church today. Too many punk Christians. Right? They, they're scared to stand up for Jesus. Put you, put, it's either you're a follower of Jesus or you ain't. Right? It's either you are or you're not. You is or you isn't. Whichever English you want. <laughs> But you can't be afraid. This past week, I, I've been having some interesting experiences. You know, some benefits of this growing old thing. But I've decided I want to live with no fear in my life. Anything I'm afraid of, I'm going to overcome it. I'm afraid of swimming in deep water, so I take swimming lessons. I want to learn how to overcome my fear of being in the deep. I used to walk past the section of the pool where it says 14 feet, and we real fast around there. I'm like, I don't want to go around there, you know, 14 feet. I don't, don't want to, you know, but now. Mama doctor, I go by the 14 feet. I said, give me, give me a few more lessons. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have you under control. 
Because no weapon that's formed against me shall prosper. No demon is going to live in my head. And get me from experiencing swimming in the day. I went to a spa this week. There's a furnace. And you know the King Spa, Jason? Up there, go on this spa. Got a furnace there. Go in that bad boy. The bottom level is like 139 degrees. That's if you sit down in it. The more you stand up, the higher up you go. Right? 200 and about 30 something degrees. In a minute, you're sweating like a horse, you know. But you, you go in. Come on. And when that heat hits you, right, you can, you can start to hyperventilate. Cause, so you got, you got to calm yourself down, right, and be able to take the heat. Come on, y'all. In this life, you're going to find yourself in a lot of furnaces. And when the heat gets turned up, the question is, can you reach for your courage? Or will you allow your fear of dying to take you out? Come on, y'all. I went in one time. I was like, whoa, it's kind of hot in here. I went in another time. I got to master this thing. I went in a third time. I want to take the hottest of the hot because I want to stay longer than anybody in that. Life going to burn you. But if you're scared of dying, any little hot season, any little hot season, and take you out. If you're in church today, I want to invite you to meet me at the altar. Listen.